0: Boys, binge boys, binge boys, binge boys, binge boys. Binge boys, boys, a podcast you're listening to right now with me, Hal Rudnick, and across from me on the Zoom, Lon Harris. And Lon and I, we're gonna talk streaming and who knows what. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out as we go, Lon. I hate to bring it up because I know you hate don't, when I bring it don't up. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. But you, your beard is nicely trimmed. It's 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 very well kempt Moving on. Dead silence. I hit a wall, Lon. Drinking coffee. I'm just going to narrate, uh, Lon. Uh, it's it's May. It's May. Uh, it's ha- May.
1: It's 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 gonna be May. But it's also it's May. Be May. It's fun to
0: say that. It's also fun to say May the Fourth be with you. You and I are recording on Star Wars Day. It is Star Wars Day. Did you do anything to commemorate Star Wars Day on all of your various socials or in your
1: in your IRL life? No, because star, Honestly, Star Wars Day, we've rendered it meaningless. You know, you know how on Christmas people are like try to keep Christmas with you all through the year. Like, we should treat every day like it's Christmas Day. You know, that's a thing people say from, like, December 21st. No, no,
0: I I, I hear them saying, like, keep the Christ in Christmas.
1: Well, there's that, too. I mean, we, and we, listen, Hal. Yes. We should keep the Christ in Christmas. I mean, it's his birthday, If you take one thing away from today's podcast, it should be, If any of your Christmas traditions are not centering Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, throw them out. Redo those traditions. Thanks for listening to Binge Boys. There you go. But also, so I feel like that's what people say about the Christmas holiday. But I feel like we, we have truly embraced it. In Star Wars, to such an unhealthy degree mm-hmm. that we really do treat every day like it's Star Wars Day, and there is no more need for a specific holiday. Oh yeah,
0: like Star Wars content is no longer unique and special because we're just getting a new glut of it constantly.
1: Literally every you know, like a, like Mother's Day, and when you were like five, you'd be like, "How come there's no Kids Day?" And then my mom would be like, "Every day is is Kids Day." Oh you, yeah, you piece yes. of shit. <laughs> uh, you little, you little bastard! Uh, you little bearded fool! You little, you little bit! You stinky bitch! Uh, but um, so I feel like it's that. It, it's that. Well, every day is now Star Wars Day, so May the Fourth doesn't feel special to me. Like maybe it would have in an era where we were constantly talking about Star Wars to the point of, to the point of disgust. I will say, I was forced, like everybody, to participate a little bit because right. the obi-wan kenobi trailer dropped this morning yes and we all had to watch it so that was sort of a and if you i will add mm-hmm. if you are listening to this on the week we've recorded it or thereabouts they also put up on disney plus the making of boba fett behind the scenes the making of the book of boba fett up now as of today because oh it's May the a, a bad show Yeah, how they made that bad show that we didn't like. But Here's how they did it.
0: But then that got better because they brought the Mandalorian and Mark Hamill (laughs) into it.
1: I love, they put that, that, those clips, uh, it went viral yesterday evening, I guess when the show first went up, that they, just for reference, it's not in the show, but they actually invited old man Mark Hamill to the set and filmed those scenes of him and Grogu with old man Mark Hamill. Yes. For reference, they said, like just to see what his performance would have been so they could sort of model their deep fake on the. And they were there were pictures of that. And Star Wars fans were putting pictures of that up like, see, he was involved. Like that makes it better. Like like we're we're animating a fake digital Mark Hamill into the show and then asking you to experience it as you would a human actor, but it's okay because we invited the real guy to set. He got he he got some craft service, so you don't have a cause to complain. Like <laughs> I wasn't upset on validated while he yeah. came to our sound stage. I just think it's a crummy way to like make movies, not that I was upset personally on behalf of Mr. Mark Hamill. Like I know they take care of Mark Hamill. Because he could go on Twitter and be like, fuck Disney and it would be a news story. So they have to take care of Mark Hamill.
0: you, you got to take care, and you know they play, he, he played an iconic character that you they want you want to trot out every now and again. Yeah.
1: Not listen, Corvette Summer, a seminal film in the mm-hmm. growing up of a lot of us. Oh. Lot of, the the big red one, Sam Fuller's the big red one. Listen, a lot of great oh, classic. camel turns ushered me into puberty. Those movies. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, a filmography of legend. That's the thing I will say before we go on to the news. Yes. Uh, it sounds like I'm I'm shitting on Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill. Oh sure, he's a he's a treasure. He's a treasure. And as he has aged, I believe Mark Hamill has aged into a very fine actor. I think oh, he's I fantastic. You were in, say that he aged into a zaddy. I mean a little above. I think he looks he looks a lot like uh, like philosopher Slavoj Zizek. If you ever uh if you uh, get a chance to look I up I cannot picture Slavo
0: Žižek in my mind. You can't picture Žižek? But I can picture I can picture uh Zaddy
1: Steve Carell. He's in like my mind's if Žižek was a zaddy, he would be Mark Hamill. Anyway, uh I was just gonna say, *Brigsby Bear*. Last year, like Mark Hamill's in stuff that I think is good now. Just the career, *Star Wars* stalled out the youthful career of Mark Hamill. That's all. Oh, I,
0: I mean, yeah. How, how do you how do you live up to that? I mean, how does how does Linda Carter one up herself after Wonder Woman? You know exactly. And,
1: and not not that Linda Carter not uh, a fine actor. How does? Linda I'm gonna send Cardinelli- Hal a picture of. Star I sent Hal a picture of Slavo Zizek. Oh, so in can... in the
0: chat, okay. Yeah. I will let you know if this looks like a bearded. This
1: looks like to me. This is Mark... like if if Mark Hamill oh, was I a see that. I a see scholarly it. philosopher.
0: Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I see it wearing his polo go. shirt. Everybody so... at home,
1: if you're not driving, if you're driving, continue driving. If you're not driving, look up what i Ziz- I'm not going to tell you how to drive. If
0: you want to look it up while you're driving. Z-I-Z-E-K is how you spell. If you want to look it up while you're driving and you feel comfortable with that, maybe you have a self-driving car. If you're listening don't, to us
1: don't in text your Tesla,
0: drive. if you're listening to us in your Tesla, put it on self-drive, look up Slavo Zizek, uh, make sure Binge Boys is still playing, though, and then, uh, you know, you do you. I, for one, am not going to dictate how you live your life like my friend Lon just did. Let's, ju- oh, by the way, I uh, observed Star Wars Day, thank you for asking, by uh, observing- I did
1: hang on, hang on, how? I, I didn't ask, I didn't oh, ask. Uh, oh. By
0: observing my normal tradition of drinking blue milk and then dressing up like Grand Moff Tarkin and going to volunteer at the children's hospital.
1: The Children's Hospital. What do yes. they need?
0: What do they need a Grand Moff Tarkin for? All the kids want to see a Grand Moff Tarkin enter the kids' war. Yeah,
1: you tell them their their rebel friends will be dealt with soon enough. Yes. But who doesn't love that?
0: Alderaan will be dust. <laughs>
1: It's uh, I, it's a little confusing because kids I know keep getting you mixed up with different Peter Cushing characters. They're like, Wait. "Wait, is this the Doctor from the Creeping Flesh?" And you're like, "No, no." I I know kids love
0: the Cushing verse. Kids anyway, are kids are crazy
1: for Cushing. I could go on and on about it. You can
0: listen to that behind our paywall. Now let's get to the news. The news finally.
1: Jeez, I thought he would never. Anyway, shut. Uh, I'm going to start doing more, uh, podcast asides, you know, like in a Shakespeare play where Iago can be talking to Othello, but then he can just like, I'm going to dip back and talk to the audience. And Othello thinks he's done revealed. Yeah. Othello's going to have no fucking clue. I'm going to start doing that with you, the listener and be like, get a load of Rudnick over here. All right. Back to the show. (laughs) Uh, police have arrested 23-year-old Isaiah Lee for attacking Dave Chappelle on stage at the Hollywood Bowl he during his Netflix. bum-rushed show. the show. He, he, bum, he, yo, he bum-rushed the show uh, during the Netflix is a joke comedy festival. He was armed, Hal. He had a replica plastic gun, but it had a blade in it. So a confusing weapon. Yes. I guess if you're gonna assault somebody with a deadly weapon, throw in the element of surprise, make it a little confusing. Like just show it up with a gun that's got bullets in it. That's boring. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows where you're coming from. Yep. Gun with a blade in it, keep them guessing. It's a comedy festival. Showmanship. Oh yeah, that's like a that's like the fucking <laughs> carrot top of weapons. Ah, it's a prop. Oh no. There's not there's not a lot of good video because they you know they have those pouches at the show. They make you put your phone. Yes. So you oh, can't record. Oh, Dave
0: Chappelle no- notoriously does not like yeah. to be video. He's got him a himself.
1: lot of great new jokes about how trans people shouldn't exist, and right? he doesn't want you to share them before he's ready to lay them on an unsuspecting world. Uh, so you have to lock up your phone. So we only got very blurry, poor images for people who like snuck cameras in somehow.
0: Yeah, it's like Dave Chappelle. Uh, you know, I th- we, we've talked about this before. I think Dave Chappelle is is uh, one of our amazing comedians. And uh, the, the uh, Chappelle show is a, a classic, but I think he's way off base and a, obviously a transphobe. I wish he'd stop that. Um, and I think it's damaging his legacy a little bit. It's just so weird. He's just like it's like someone saying, "Yes, I am a bigot. Yes, I am a racist." Uh, Dave Chappelle, like proclaiming he's a turf, which is just so uh, like I, I I'm still stunned when I think about it that moment from his uh, his, his special. But yeah, he uh, and then he making uh, a ma- making a trans joke. I mean, just uh, you know, an offhand comment. Oh, is probably a trans person. That uh,
1: that, yeah, that he said that, it was a trans man who talked, Uh Jamie Fox and Chris Rock were both there, and so they were all kind of goofing around about it on stage after the show. Chris uh, Rock saying, "Uh, it was uh, oh, was that Will Smith? Was that was that Will Smith?" And you know, it, it started all this like dumbass conversation about like our comedians in danger. This seems like I will just say, obviously, nobody should be rushing on stage while people are performing. No nobody doesn't matter what a comedian's material is about. Nobody is saying they deserve to be attacked or it's an appropriate thing to do. I think we all kind of agree and know that. And I, I would just add, this to me, a lot of people are sort of making a direct line from the Will Smith incident to this, that like, well, now it's a two is a trend. People are rushing the stage. Well, I think these are isolated incidents that are, maybe if there's a connection, it only exists in the mind of 23 year old Isaiah Lee. He seems like a unstable person. And this is related more towards whatever is going on with this young man, rather than a nationwide trend of, we're attacking comedians, you in? But I think it's gonna get read that way no matter what.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't think it's, I don't think there's any kind of trend going on here. Uh, but it's
1: already, I mean, I, there was an LA Times headline just now before we went online that were like, uh, comedians are starting to feel like it's getting dangerous. And it's like, it's not dangerous. It's open comedian. season. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Like, being a comedian is like, I'm not a comedian, but it's basically what we're doing right now. Like, this is 90% of being a comedian, just have a podcast. Yeah. And you'd be like, what's up with that Dave Chappelle, right? Am I right? Right? Like and subscribe.
0: Did you see the images of uh, Isaiah Lee afterwards? He got the
1: snot kicked out. Yeah, they, they really, they beat him up. I mean, listen. I don't even know how somebody gets on stage at the Hollywood. Can I just yeah, say? First off, he's got to buy, like, the heavy hitter VIP seats to be that close to the stage. It's hard to get close to the stage at the Hollywood Bowl. Yes. Security is insane at the Hollywood Bowl. And it's mm-hmm. a—it's just like a high. It's not like a, I'm just going to, like, hop up. It's like a high Presidium stage. Like oh, you gotta yeah. like there's some steps. You're it's a whole thing to get up there. I have no idea how this guy managed to get all the way to Dave Chappelle before somebody took him out. Like that kudos, kudos to Isaiah kudos Lee. Kudos to simply, Isaiah Lee
0: simply for making
1: it. I hope stage. the uh, LA Chargers are talking to this guy because he's got uh he's got he can run. What what yeah, do you call the, that? The, kid, when the a, a kid's a guy, got
0: some wheels. The kid's
1: got wheels. Wheels, and, there you go. Wheels. That's what I was looking for. The kid's got some wheels.
0: Like the, the pictures of him, his eye is closed, like a fucking like Rocky in the cut me mix scene. And yeah, no, he his, looks, yeah, he... and his arm, his arm is literally like, like broken or or, or inverted. I mean, like inverted. if you're
1: on if you're on Chappelle's they broke
0: his shit.
1: But think about it: if you're on Chappelle's security detail, if you're one of the big dudes he's counting on, you utterly fa- like. This is, he could have died. He didn't, you know, he's fine. But like, if that guy was more motivated and did not have like a blade gun or whatever, if he just had like a kitchen knife, like he could have done some real damage. So you got to make up, you know, like they're, they're now, they're going to be like, I got to impress Dave with being a super badass because I just almost utterly failed at my one job of keeping weird dudes away from him. Like, with, like if if he
0: if he rushed on stage with the blade out, like Dave he he could have been very hurt. Dave, he could have sliced. He made Dave contact.
1: Blade. Yeah, he made contact with Dave Chappelle, which is a scary thing. Um I was gonna say, I went to the Hollywood Bowl once. Mm-hmm. Uh I've been I've been there multiple times, but I went once for a Clinton Foundation benefit. This was during the Obama administration. So Hillary Clinton is Secretary of State at this point. And the Clintons, which are Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea, are all at this event in the front row. There were, it was like, you know, a bunch of performers would get up and do like three or four songs a piece. And then it was like all night, they just kept bringing more people up to the stage. And one of the headliners was Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. And she came out in a pantsuit and sang Born This Way, like to Hillary. And uh thinking back on that now, like, if you could have imagine if somebody could have gotten uh, like to the Clintons. Like you got, you know, you got like major world oh, figures. Oh,
0: Yeah, some some real bigwigs. Now, while you were at this Clinton event lawn, yeah. was everyone there drinking the adrenochrome? Or- of course, yeah. I mean, obviously we were all eating eating children. I mean, gotcha, gotcha. It was- man just yeah, like I mean, the just like the non-existent basement of comet ping pong pizza
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was because it was it was all it was like you know like a, a lot of like world rappers and lady gaga and whatever it was all like that kind of like like there were you know like it, 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 there were i don't know yeah it was, an, it, um, was an it was an interesting it was an interesting night let's welcome
0: senegal's biggest rap yeah. sensation right. Yeah, Professor exactly like one, Z.
1: Because you gotta, it's, it's like if somebody saw that, it, 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 you gotta like hit a lot of the, you gotta check a lot of boxes, you yeah. know, you gotta have, yeah. Yeah, like like
0: KCRW on a Saturday afternoon, world music. Yeah. <laughs> it's a California public radio reference for any uh, Angelinos here. Uh, yep, so uh, Dave Chappelle is fine, joking about curb stomping the guy uh, after the fact, and uh, there you go. Comedians... Arm yourselves, I guess, where Kevlar now.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think, I mean, it's a, you know how a lot of comedians, you get up there and like the, the icebreaker, you got to do the first joke where it's like, what's going on with this backdrop, am I yeah, right? You yeah. know, like, it's like it'd be good for that. Like, why is he wearing a bulletproof vest? Listen, you know, we're doing comedy. Okay. I had a birthday recently, you know, like then, then you'd go yeah, into it. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. I'm taking you know, uh, I'm taking a workshop at the Groundlings and I'm also taking Krav Maga classes.
1: Uh, Huh? So anyway, I live with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, then you go, you go, go into, go into your routine. Oh,
0: anyone, anyone here have a, have a Jewish mother? Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So I got married last year, right? Ladies, who's married? Where are my ladies at?
0: Anyway. Uh, Let me tell you about the joys of fatherhood, folks. <laughs> <Blah>. okay
1: uh, <laughs> this is fun you get uh, it. this is long come up with
0: hack stand up premise <laughs> hack stand
1: up premise yeah okay All right. All right. uh paramount plus they had their oh, their, yes. q, their q their paramount global is the company they had their q1 earnings call uh this week added 6.8 million subscribers in the first quarter of 2022 to paramount plus it's now at 62 million how that's 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 not that bad, you know? Like oh, as as yeah. they're behind. They are behind the biggest global players, your Netflixes, your sure. Disney Pluses, your HBO Maxes, but they're not as far behind as you might think. And they're certainly well ahead of competitors like uh basically all, all the other ones, but all, all the other sort of upstarts. Uh anyway, it's it gaining gaining ground. So would you say Param-
0: or is Paramount Plus like ahead of uh, Amazon Prime or uh, Apple TV
1: Plus? Amazon Prime we gotta we gotta put to one side because Prime Video and Prime Shipping is the same membership. Gotcha. So it's very there's a lot more Prime subscribers, but we don't know how many of them are watching content on Amazon Prime Video. We know they like their their cheap or their free shipping deal. So it's, sure. it, it could be it could be confusing. Having said that, Peacock, as we recently reported, thirteen million paid Peacock subscribers. Ooh. So well ahead, well ahead of Peacock's offering oh, yeah. already. Oh yeah, right. So that as a, that that's a better point of comparison, I gotcha. think. And yes, Apple, yes. Apple would be the same. Apple TV, not a lot of people are are directly, organically signing up just for the Apple TV Plus service, but they give it away to people who buy Apple products. So a lot of the people who are watching an Apple TV Plus show in any given month got that month for free because they just got an iPhone or an iPad mm-hmm. or a, a new MacBook or what have mm-hmm. you. So those are a little confusing to compare. It's not a direct like Netflix where... You know, you sign up and it's like you're a paid subscriber for that content. I like, got like Hulu that. with my phone plan. Well, that yes, there are also those, but it's less. It's less of a big chunk of people, so it's still you know, like, a lot of people do get Verizon has deals and you know whatever. None of this is an exact science. Um, a, a guy standing outside the liquor store sold me Tubi for fifty bucks. No, no. Well, that's that's free. That one's free, so you don't. But what? he did also throw in a plastic replica gun with a blade inside of it. So. Yes, and, but I also had to pleasure him. Oh wait, so you paid the fifty dollars still? Yes. Oh, I. All right. It, I. I feel. I feel like you paid a prostitute and then you just watched Tubi afterwards. Oh no. <laughs> I feel like is what actually happened. Oh, in
0: retrospect, I feel like that in retrospect, was a very bad night.
1: Yeah, it was just like a male prostitute and then ghost hunters for I an hour. I thought that
0: deal was too good and to be true, and it cost true. you it a lot of money.
1: money yeah.
0: Oh man! Uh,
1: all right, listen, Le- live and learn, Hal.
0: Live and you, learn. List, yep, you, you, everybody, you
1: chalk that one up to experience, and you move just, on.
0: Just a kid on the streets of Hollywood here.
1: <laughs> that is. Don't go to Hollywood, folks, because that is the sort of thing that happens all the time in Hollywood. Where oh yeah, you'll just get picked up by a streetwise hustler with a Tubi account, and uh, all bets
0: are off on the weed and urine-drenched streets of Hollywood. (laughs) Seriously, have you ever been? When was the last time you went to Hollywood Boulevard? It's it's costumed characters.
1: I was just talking about this because there was uh, I don't know if you saw this in the news this week, Hal. There was an item about uh, Kim Kardashian. Was oh, at sure. the, she was at the Ripley Museum in Hollywood, right in the heart of Disgusting Hollywood Boulevard, mm-hmm. right across from Hollywood and Highland. Yep. Uh, and she was receiving as a gift. I don't know why they were giving her a gift. I don't know why they gave her this gift. It was a little a little tiny mason jar with Marilyn Monroe's hair in it. A little jar of Marilyn Monroe's hair. And Kim Kardashian's quote was, I'm going to sleep with this every night. Sorry, Pete. Gotcha. Got my well. mason jar of Marilyn Monroe. And and, and this led me off into a whole, uh, don't go to Hollywood, don't go to Hollywood Boulevard. The only reason that that Ripley Museum exists mm-hmm. is because people have gone to Hollywood Boulevard for vacation by mistake, gone, oh, God, what have I done? I need to be not on the street. I'll go into this Ripley's Museum. It's a refuge.
0: Yes. Oh, it is to to get away from the urine drenched. The streets.
1: reality that you are wasting your vacation in the worst street in America, surrounded by very sad costume characters and runaways. Now, I was just gonna say the one last thing about Hollywood Boulevard is mm-hmm. a lot of talk about <laughs> L.A. Pizza. And and there is good pizza in Los Angeles. But yes. the pizza on Hollywood Boulevard, there's like eight places that do pizza by the slice. Yes. All disgusting. I don't yeah. it's the worst pizza. It's it's under carnival level pizza. It's
0: New York style pizza. But there's good pizza. Pe- okay, there's good there's pizza good pizza in, in the Angeles. city of Los Angeles. Yes, so that is, but that is not on Hollywood Boulevard. Like people people say, oh, you can't get good pizza in L. A. There's good pizza in. That's LA. what I
1: was saying. I think the L. A. bad pizza reputation is because tourists come in from out of town. They go mm-hmm. to places like Venice and Hollywood Boulevard, and they eat that pizza, and that becomes. LA pizza for them. Yeah, no, If you there's go to good Village pizza, Pizzeria or Mulberry Street or there's, there's at least yeah, uh, Pizza Nista, there's at least seven to ten really Pisana solid pizza. in West Hollywood. Uh, so. Kim Kardashian
0: wore the Marilyn Monroe dress at the Met Gala. So maybe she's on this Marilyn Monroe Ah, uh,
1: Ah, maybe that's the connection. That's so, why.
0: Um, and then uh, additionally, uh, just a, one more weird thing that the Guinness Book of World Records Museum reminded me of.
1: There were It's two- not, it's the Ripley's Museum. It's Rip- not the Guinness Oh, but there's Museum. also a Guinness Museum. There the Ripley- is. I mean, I think it's if you go to, if you wait, go wait. to the Guinness Brewery, right? No. <laughs> uh, no. Well, you know that—that is the same. That is no, but you're right. It
0: was—it was—it was Ripley's. Yeah, oh, it is the same Guinness. Yes, that the, the Guinness World's World Records and the brewery. OK, my mind is blown Guinness now.
1: World Records started because of bar bets that the whole thing is drunk dudes at bars arguing about records and who has the record. Everybody and that's why I was today years old. When Guinness, the, the brewery <laughs> started the Guinness Book of World um, Records. That is true. That's
0: kooky to me. Uh, I was just going to say it was weird. To, it was always weird to me that within like two blocks there were two very prominent wax museums on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes,
1: well, there's also Madame Tussauds.
0: Yes, yes, Madame Tussauds, and which is like the foremost name in wax museums. And then also- Yeah, they're
1: the, the, they're the leaders. They're the leaders in the wax museum game.
0: But also the Hollywood wax museum. Uh, and uh, I just am like, what? what it's why do you all need- this
1: stuff. It's. I'll tell you, It's. it's like before we had phones, And TVs and, like, stuff to do. Yes. You know, people were desperate. And so be like, I'm going to set up a museum and put some hair in a jar and say it's Marilyn Monroe's. And people were like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. And it's just weird that this stuff still exists because, like, well, now we have video games. We don't – I don't need to pretend that this hair in a jar is Marilyn Monroe's anymore. I can just – I can play Dark Souls. Yeah, I don't
0: need to – I don't need to – do stuff. I don't need to go out and be active in life. I can play video games, and it's going to keep gravitating more and more. I'm going to be in the metaverse. Well, I'm you're, going- you're
1: saying this like we're losing something. Like, I could get if it was like, I'm not going to go hike in nature. I'm going to play Kirby's Next Yarn. Like, I get that would be a little bittersweet. But like, I'm not going to go to the Ripley's Museum because oh. there's better things to do. Not at all bittersweet. Just like Natural evolution. Okay, let me let me extrapolate that, that stuff out. Let stuff me sucks. extrapolate like... that
0: out, Lon. Um you can just just take the word Ripley's out of there and it's I'm not going to museums.
1: No, I'm saying like do you think the Ripley's Museum is as good as like a an art museum? The Ripley's Museum is my is my Louvre.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right, that, that's, it's not,
1: most of the, <laughs> the things Ridley's aren't even, museum inter- is there, my Louvre, and the tallest man in the world is my Mona Lisa. I don't like believe it or not, like, no, you tell me, that's your whole job, this, you're making a museum, you're supposed to tell me what the stuff is, I don't need to tell you, what museum do I go in and I tell you, be like, uh, is it from Egypt or Mesopotamia, I don't know, no, you, what? That's not what a museum is for. Oh, like, you're, ta- you're taking the piss out of that whole believe it or not premise. I don't like the whole believers like Picasso or Rembrandt, question mark. Like, no, what? But th- that's that, the- it's, it's Jan the van Eyck. That's the whole <laughs> thing. That, 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 that's that's that. the whole thing, God damn it, you son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. Uh, what, what about, what does Jonathan Frake say? <laughs> what, what's that show? Uh, oh, like fact, you
1: know, the factor fact, factor fiction is him. Yeah,
0: the, not, I like, like that yeah, super where, we'll be like, where he's not like, not this time. Yeah. We made it all up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the writers wrote that not, one. Yeah. All right, Lon, we digress. We did Where'd digress. You do uh, did I, I do want to finish up. Lon, I want to finish you up. arm? What? Did you cut your arm? It looked like you no, have a... No,
1: it's a, it's a little burn mark from the oven. Why Why are you fucking obsessed with the way I look? I care stop about you. Stop talking about it. I care stop, about your well-being. Stop micromanaging wanna, the way I look and talking about it on our fucking podcast. I want to wrap you in I've bubble never, wrap and take care How many care times of you? have I talked about, you could have an eye patch and a fucking scar down. You could be two-faced right now. Our listeners would have no idea because I respect your fucking privacy. I will tell you what, I am I fair was game. reaching into my oven to get a mozzarella stick and Please I burned my arm a little Please bit. Be how be careful. Is that okay with you? Do we need to start a GoFundMe to get you an oven mitt? Hey, Hal, uh, a little bit of water damage in the corner of your ceiling up there. you going to take oh, care of that? Are you oh, going to patch no, that up? Oh, a little no. drywall? Have some guys come through? Oh,
0: God. Oh, the room's in disrepair.
1: Hmm. I can Hal is in a hovel, right? I, if I describe where Hal is broadcasting to you from... Th- the room it, needs to be picked up. A that shanty town. It looks like he's in a favela. Oh,
0: I, th- no. It's...
1: It looks like it's corrugated metal behind him. I'm, oh, my goodness. I'm kidding. Listen, I'm, kidding. I'm between it's a lovely house, house house is a lot nicer than mine. I should not make fun. Uh,
0: listen, listen, Lon, I just care about your well-being.
1: Trying to talk about Paramount Plus, you're interrupting me to oh, be like, hey, what? there's a spot on your arm. Like, I want to make. I don't know I, if I, I wanted to talk about burning my arm a little bit. I would have brought it up, right? Can I can I bring you some salve? Yes, actually, that would be nice if you could bring me a little bit of. After oh, this, Bring me some salve. Yeah, maybe an aloe-based salve. Back to Paramount, folks. During its earnings call, CEO Bob backage teased a new Jackass series, following up on the success of the film Jackass Forever. Also pitched a revival of the classic hip hop showcase Yo MTV Raps. I guess we're gonna. Ooh. We'll call it Yo Yo Paramount Plus raps.
0: Yes, Yo Paramount Plus. I used to watch that all the time. With uh, first, it was Fab Five. Freddy. Yo Paramount
1: Plus raps, really? No, oh <laughs> yes, I
0: used to love Paramount Plus raps. Uh, yeah, you had Kevin Costner from Yellowstone coming out and being like, "Yeah, well, you know. I, own, I own a, I own own a big plot of land, and I'm a landowner. My son's taking over." <laughs> and, uh,
1: this is exactly what Yo MTV raps was like. The fat boys would come on and be like, well, we sure are fat
0: boys. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the fat boys, uh, they were some uh he- heavy set gentlemen who really knew how to bust rhymes. But I-, I used to really enjoy that back in the day. Not
1: not the best orderlies, though. Not the best if oh, you were looking yeah. for a group of three orderlies for your hospital, no, I maybe would no. not go with
0: the that fat boys. That was uh, the fat boys movie, Disorderlies. Disorderly,
1: Disorderlies, yes. A- that was and the then also
0: the hosts of uh so ah. start out Fat Five. Fre- Fab Five Freddy, but then you had Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. But Not don't be, be confused, confused right? Yes, with <laughs> yeah. the N.W.A.'s Dr. Dre, Straight out yeah. of Compton's Dr. Dre. It's
1: very weird that there were two Dr. Dre's and that we never we never questioned, like, I never questioned this. Yeah. There was there was always, when I was first learning about hip-hop, when rappers were first becoming famous celebrities Yeah, 80s, 90s There were two guys, both around equally famous to me I would say in the early 90s sure to me both like one was a well-known hip-hop producer and rapper one was the host of the most popular rap TV show yeah both named Dr. Dre and my young mind was just like well this is a very common name in the inner city there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of gentlemen go to medical school who are named Dre yeah and they become doctors this is how they are known in their neighborhoods I accept this without question. But yeah, there were two guys named Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, who were the hosts of OMTVF. And they also made a, a movie film where they were cops. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. What was the name of that? What was the name Ooh, of that film? Man. I'm, that, I'm blanking on that. I'm looking it up shame. right now. Oh, thank Who's, you. The, man, of Who's the Man? Who's the Man? Yes. Who's oh, the
0: man? Say, man? Good stuff. What a walk down memory lane.
1: 1993, that movie came out. Earlier, cool. even than I maybe would have pegged
0: it. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: so that's coming I have no word if. if if Dr. Dre, Ed Lover, any of the classic personalities, my guess would be no. They'll probably cast young people, but sure. uh we're going to get some sort of hip hop showcase on Paramount Plus from some of the creative team behind Yo MTV Raps. Uh also Paramount Plus expanding into India in 2023. So if you are one of our many many listeners on the Indian subcontinent,
0: yes. Uh you know what? Bollywood, get
1: ready for Paramount Plus. Many times have I pitched how, uh, we should do an Urdu version of this podcast, but neither of us speak it. So it's a a challenge.
0: I know, Uh, we talked about getting hiring translators, et cetera. It's It's a
1: lot, there's a lot that goes in when neither host speaks or knows the language.
0: Yeah, I've uh, been uh, uh, playing with some language tapes, but uh, it's not taking, it's not taking.
1: <laughs> uh, let's move on. NBC Universal going to send three upcoming Universal Pictures releases directly to Peacock instead of theaters. How they're going to straight skip. to the cock. Going right right for
0: the cock. Uh, oh, includes- like listen, like uh, like a, like like a date with no
1: foreplay
0: straight to the
1: cock. Heyo. <laughs> That's how they announced them. I know on, that was a little Peacock. forward of
0: them. Yeah, in that annou- just in that.
1: The, the, there's a section now—a drop-down menu straight to the cock, which is like <laughs> I don't, I don't think this is very family-friendly. No, uh, they include the LeBron James biopic, Shooting Stars, oh. a youth choir competition film called Praise This. That would be great if they did have a menu called Straight to the Cock, and that's where the. Praise this youth choir movie. Praise
0: where? this sounds like uh, j- just a pejorative thing to say. Like,
1: well, I'm, I'm betting it's like a pitch perfect, yeah. where it's gonna oh, be snarky. They're the youth choir kids, but they've got edge. You know, they've got a little attitude. Oh, they've got maditude. They
0: got maditude. But it, that sounds like that's like sounds like something snarky you'd say to your pastor at like uh, Bible camp. Uh, it
1: sounds like yeah. It, it sounds like the network. The network TV version of, like, Righteous Gemstones is, hey, is Father, praise this. Praise this. Yeah, exactly. But uh, listen, that's how you know that they got a little, uh, it's a little spicy, Hal. It's not, this ain't your grandpa's youth choir show. Man,
0: th- this ain't the Pentecostal revival yeah. that I grew up in where I, my, I was bitten by
1: a snake. <laughs> You were raised in in the snake charming, the, the snake dancing uh, culture of Appalachia.
0: Yes, and then we moved to New Jersey, and I got bar mitzvah.
1: We uh, yeah, we we gotta delve <laughs> into that in a future episode. I didn't even know there were uh, Jews who did the the dancing around with snakes thing. Doesn't seem doesn't seem like that those those two cultures really would gel re- like that. Read about that. it in my tell all. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's, like, a group of, like, 12 American Jews that are into, like, the river Jews. They're into the snakes thing.
0: There's always, like, every once in a while you get a weird pocket of Jews uh, who are, Where, like. And,
1: yeah. I mean, I think, like, because Jews would be good. Like, Jewish moms would be good at talking their kids into doing that. Like, it's weird that that gets passed down between generations of Gentiles because they don't have. They don't have the same weapons of guilt and shame that Jewish parents would have. I think Catholic guilt is proof. Oh, sure. Yeah. Don't pick up the snake. That's fine. See uh-huh. what you're doing to your mother. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, God is insulted. No, not not good enough. Snake's not good enough for you. Uh, all right. You get what I'm saying. Uh, and so forth. Uh, finally, the most exciting, I saved the best for last and then oh. we got sidetracked and didn't talk about it. Sure. Uh, Headed to, straight to the cock, from Universal, John Woo's English-language remake of his own action classic, The Killer, How? Oh, this wow. Is John Woo directing. We're doing a U.S. remake of The Killer. Is that Chai uh, Fat? Now, this is not, in the, not in with Chai and Fat. We're going to recast. Chai and Fat made the original. Yeah. Going to be recast. Now, there was, in 2018, there was a... Uh, sort of a remake of The Killer that was getting a little heat in Hollywood. Lupita Yango at that point was attached. It was going to be a gender swap thing. She mm-hmm. would be in the and fat role. Uh, that apparently not happening. This is a totally new version of the project that Ooh. John Woo himself is now spearheading. So that will eventually, whenever it's ready, that will debut on Peacock. Uh, and then lastly, Peacock is going to start getting Bravo shows the day after they air. So a lot of those... If you're a Real Housewives of all the places they're from, all things Andy now, Cohen, all things Andy Cohen exactly. All those reality shows, the Below Decks of the world, they're all going to start uh, streaming right away on Peacock. It's the first time the Bravo cable stuff is really coming in a convenient, handy way. Because that was those shows bit on Hulu, but it was like a year delay. So like the 2021 Real Housewives are just coming to Hulu now. This will be like you can keep up in real time, baby. Ooh. You don't want to miss what Kyle Richards is up to. Daddy Like. I don't know who that is. Kyle Richards, she uh is from the Halloween. She was just in the most recent Halloween film because she was in the oh. original Halloween. I got I got she it. is also one of the real housewives.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. I remember
1: we talked about that, I believe. We did, we did. Yeah. Uh moving on. Amazon Freebie. You remember them, Hal? That that's oh, yeah, the we new. I like that name. Well, it's it, yeah, cuz it it was IMDb TV. It's basically just free Amazon Prime. Yeah,
0: oh yeah, I, th- I think I talked about that uh, like putting up a Craigslist ad uh who wants some free V.
1: Some free V. Yeah, that I believe that was your that was your go-to. That Talking
0: your... about a little uh you know what? Never mind. Listen. Never you mind.
1: Volvo. You were saying if you if you put up free your, Volvo, your, free, <laughs> your Volvo, that you're just, looking to get just rid haul of it off my property. Well, that's confusing for a TV streaming platform. Who wants that? So they, it's new fronts this week. You know what I mean, Hal, when I say new fronts?
0: That sounds like it's uh, uh, their version of
1: the upfronts. It's exactly what it is. That's the new media version of the upfronts where mm. uh, networks and streaming platforms present their wares to advertisers. Here's what's coming mm-hmm. up that you want to buy ads on. So, you know, Netflix doesn't do them because they don't have ads, but yes. Amazon Freebie... Right. When Netflix does have ads, they'll start doing this too. But for now, Amazon Freevee already ad-supported, so they're showcasing everything coming up for potential advertisers. The big news: Bosch Legacy, Hal, the Bosch spin-off series. It oh. debuts this week. They renewed it for season two already. Dads, so if you da- love dads
0: everywhere, yeah. are just wringing their hands with excitement. Dad, dads should, rejoicing give, right now. I should probably give Bosch a chance because I like. I'm a fan of the very dad centric Ray Donovan.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's in it, in the. It, if, you like, uh, if you like a, if you like a crime drama, like a detective crime sort of thing. Yeah, and I think it has an extra appeal if you uh, are from Los Angeles because mm-hmm. they're very good about. Not only all real LA locations but they're very good about LA geography like they they don't do that thing that so many shows do where it's like he's in Pasadena and then it's like a 10 minute drive to Westwood like right. if it's if he's downtown and he's got to get to Long Beach they've factored in that he's got an hour and a half in the car you know like it's Thank I like that I like that I like the attention to detail bosch clearly made by people who know Los Angeles very well which I appreciate. Nicely. Anyway, so this is the, the, there was the original show Bosch, that's over. This is now a spinoff where he's no longer an LAPD detective. Now he's working. He's got his own detective bureau and he's doing it. it and his daughter is now a rookie cop in the news. Uh Oh, following in dad's footsteps. Following in Harry Bosch's footsteps. His name is Harry. His name is Harry Bosch. Sure. That, I sure. I like that actor. What's his name? Titus Welliver. He was Titus, uh, well, Jacob, yes, yes. the 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 smoke monster guy from uh, from Lost. Yes. Or no? He was that Jacob was the other guy. He's the smoke monster guy from Lost.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. He, In he's, a lot of stuff. He's been you know? a lot. Of, his his IMDb page uh, as long as 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 long as a a, a woman's arm.
1: Uh, other other Amazon free. <laughs> other Amazon free. We have fun, folks. We have a good time. I <laughs> I'm not I'm not really mad. He can talk about my 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 burnt arms from making my mind. I just
0: want to r- cover you in salve and wrap
1: you in bubble wrap. i'm 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 gonna be fine, everybody. It's just it's a li- it's, just, it's just a little mark. anyway. Uh, also, also from Amazon freebie, we got some unscripted shows, America's Test Kitchen:, colon, The Next Generation. I didn't even know about oh. the previous generation. but apparently we're already for the next generation. You know what? I like a good
0: test kitchen. I feel like, uh, yeah. ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the ground floor here.
1: I mean, I'm assuming that's what it is. It's like a Mythbusters type thing where they're going to like, here's a recipe we saw somewhere. Or, here's a thing people think. Let's test it out. That's what I'm assuming. And then uh, Sarah Hyland, the Modern Family yes. uh, actress, she will be hosting a reality competition series called Play-Doh Squished. I'm assuming you make things from Play-Doh.
0: Yeah, with the children's clay type the, product,
1: the, right? You made elaborate Play-Doh competition assignments. You get, you get what I'm saying. Lastly, uh, no, the two more things. Uh, they made a deal with Disney, Amazon Freebie, So a bunch of classic or archived Disney titles are going to come to the service. Your Deadpool, Logan, Hidden Figures, stuff like that, older stuff, library stuff, okay. will live on Amazon Freebie. And then lastly. They're going to do a U.S. remake of the BBC dark comedy horror anthology Inside Number Nine. Have you ever seen this show? No, Matt? I haven't. This is a great British show Ooh. that not I had not heard of it. My friend Drew, uh, who I, I host uh, garbage shows yeah, with, video she, Drew, video Drew, she turned me on to this. It is uh, so it's an anthology. Every episode is different, and they're always have a a darkly comic premise that also has a horror element or a thriller element, and there's always some kind of a twist. But every story is different. And it's called Inside Number 9 because you're always in a location that's in some way tied to the number 9. So it's a mm. house that's address is number 9 or an apartment with a number 9 on it or in you're in room number 9 waiting for the doctor or whatever. You're always it's always set in a setting or you're 69ing. Or you're inside someone while you are No, that's that there's no episode like that. But oh. anyway, uh a really interesting sort of under the radar BBC show that I guess we're going to get a US remake of on the free Amazon streaming service. Look out for that one. There you go. There you go. Next up, uh, we got to talk about this that, that 90s show. That's oh, the, yes. The Netflix revi- remake like, update, spin off, whatever you was. Yeah, uh, but- it's a, sp- a spin off. It's a sequel because a it's, sequel a, it's following to... the story of That 70s Show. Kurtwood Smith, Deborah Joe Rupper, are back as Red and Kitty Foreman. Question. And yes. What about whatever, what, what what's the story behind That 80s Show? Ah, I'm glad you asked. That 70s Show was such a huge hit. It was on for eight years. Fox, yes. while it was on, tried to do their own spinoff called That 80s Show, but it was a totally different group of characters. Mm. It just took the core premise of teens in the titular decade and yes. we're following this group of friends but it didn't this is more of a direct follow up to the That 70s Show ensemble yes because gotcha. we're going to have the, the parents the setup is Eric and Donna got married or got stayed together in this universe they have a daughter named Leia and she's going to go stay with Red and Kitty in Wisconsin for the summer and the first season will be set during that summer but so we knew all of that What we learned this week is that basically the entire original cast is going to come back. Topher Grace, Laura Prepon, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, and Wilmer Valderrama all signed on to make guest appearances in the new season. You'll Mm -hmm. notice I left one name out of that list. That would be Danny Masterson, who played Hyde on that 70s show. Remember him? The aviator glasses and the frizzy hair. Not Uh, a good dude. Not a good dude. Uh, Apparently not a very good dude. He will be going on trial on multiple sexual assault charges while all of these uh, other castmates are making that 90s
0: show. Like, I've read a little bit about uh, those charges. Uh, Like, also, it's not just, you know, it's horrific enough that, like, you know, uh, like sexual assault, obviously. But then, like, the Scientology uh, allegedly like stalking and intimidating right. the victims. It's really yes. an ugly story.
1: These are, these are the, this is the story that, the, yes, that, that it was this long campaign of trying to keep these people quiet who have been accusing him because he is a Scientologist, folks. Yes. So there you go. Uh, look out for that one, that '90s show coming to Netflix.
0: You know, I, I enjoy that '70s show every now and again while it was on or in syndication. I wasn't a, I, I wasn't a, uh, a like a, a regular devotee or anything. I'll,
1: I'll tell you the one thing that I think cuts against them. I think what cuts in their favor is the original creators and writers are coming back. They've got the entire original crew back. It's going to be fun to see Red and Kitty again if you like the old show. I think there's innate appeal. I like that dad. Uh, that da- the dad. The Kurtwood is, Smith is Kurt fantastic. Smith I'm looking forward to seeing him. He was recently very good in The Dropout as David yes, Boyce, the, the lawyer. Uh, lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they, they, there's a lot of goodwill having this entire cast, but I think what works against them is when that 70s show was on... 70s nostalgia was not everywhere it was like this show and that was basically where you would tap into your 70s nostalgia it was not the entire culture but today 90s nostalgia is like well fuck man everything is there was just that yellow jackets show which was 90s nostalgia Fear Street was obviously 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. We just got a lot like super pumped that Uber show was all Pearl Jam songs through the whole thing. Like oh, yeah. we're so even shining girls, which we'll talk about probably next week that Apple series which I just started. Oh, That's sure. set in 94 and she's like super into like Riot Girl bands. So it's all like mm-hmm. L7 and Veruca Salt songs and so the, the raincoats or whatever. So it's like uh yeah, I, I feel like they're they're entering this market that's already teeming with '90s nostalgia, and and standing out is going to be tougher for them. Right. Yeah, it's
0: it's going to be a little less of a novelty and a more of a crowded field. That makes sense. They are.
1: I will say the good news for them, I think, is uh, I read that it's set in 1995, so a little post grunge. Like if it was '91, it mm-hmm. would all be like Nirvana and flannel jokes. '95 gives them a little bit more. It's a little more loosey-goosey. You could start to play with late 90s stuff.
0: Yeah. Like are we going to get any uh, a touch of uh, boy bands in there? Or... Yeah,
1: or even like the earliest days of the internet. Like that was when people were starting to get, you know, CompuServe, Prodigy, you know? Yeah. AOL. Oh, yeah. Like you could start to get into that era as opposed sure, to sure. Coffee Shop Seattle, like what you would normally think of as 90s.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, The the whole uh, Richard Lankletter singles kind of vibe. Right,
1: like that's that's the first half of the 90s. But if you go 95, we were starting to already move out of that phase a little bit. Uh, moving on. Viola Davis. We talked about her last week. She was very hurt last
0: week. And she said she said some, you know, she might have been hurt, but she said some very hurtful things. She said thing some hurtful critics. things. Well,
1: we're we've all made up because she's now in talks to return as Amanda Waller yet again in oh. this HBO Max Peacemaker spinoff. James Gunn teased this a few months ago when Peacemaker was wrapping up that he's got another HBO Max series set in the Suicide Squad world Mm -hmm. with another character from the Suicide Squad. So we still don't know. Ratcatcher 2 seems to be the most popular guess online Mm -hmm. as to who it would be. I I agree that 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 sort of makes sense. A lot of them are... Are dead, or it would yeah. be hard to get Idris Elba. Yeah, to you do can't a TV do that. Show. Pete
0: Davidson character, he died. Yeah, he died. Michael
1: Rooker, sadly head. dead. Bye, bye. Polka Dot Man dead. So oh. you know, there's, there's not, they're not all options. And Margot Robbie very busy. She's got to be Barbie in just a few months. Oh so, yeah, she's in high demand. So Ratcatcher two, sort of the leading guest, but we don't know for sure. But now it know. looks like uh, Amanda Waller will be back. Now uh, James Gunn. He's working on the second season of Peacemaker, along with a million other things, Guardians, movies, and what have you. Yes. Uh, So he's not actually leading the charge on this one. Watchmen vet Crystal Henry is going to write and executive produce this one. Oh. So a different writer, producer, (laughs) but the same world, and presumably... And Gunn has also teased this one is going to be a little bit less overtly comedic, so... Maybe a little darker, a little more dramatic than Peacemaker, which was very sort of zany in its. Oh, way. I don't, I already, I, you know what? I'm out. Oh, how's done? How's out, folks? Well, that didn't take long. Yep. Uh, let's move on. Netflix ordered a first season for the action comedy series Obliterated. This comes from the Cobra Kai trio John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, and Josh Heald. Held? Heald? Heald. I'm going to guess healed.
0: I will uh, trust you on that. Do you know him? How do you know him? I I've, I've met John Hurwitz. He's the only one I know.
1: Oh, okay. It's H E A L D. Josh H E E A L. I'd say healed. Healed. Uh, so anyway, this project was greenlit over at TBS. But as we discussed last week, Warner Brothers Discovery is like not making stuff. No, no more scripted shows for TNT and TBS. They're done. Shut so. It down. Shutting down. They're the shutting it down. Arm. So this is now gonna so a lot of the shows that were sort of in process at those two networks are gonna jump or are gonna try to jump. This is the first one that successfully jumped. It's going over to Netflix. I like the premise of this one. It's about an elite special forces team. They're sent to Vegas to disable a bomb that's threatening the strip. They do the job. They have this big drug and alcohol fueled Vegas party to celebrate their victory. But then partway through the party, after they're all fucked up, they discover they actually disarmed a decoy and the real bomb is still out there. and They've got to hustle and pull themselves together and save the day.
0: Oh, no, I'm on shrooms, but there's still a ticking
1: time bomb out there. Whoa. Yeah, it's a little it's a little McGrubery, if you will. A good oh, premise for sure. an action comedy. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds like fun. So anyway, look out for that one that's coming to Netflix finally. In our last news story, HBO Max renewed two shows for season 2. The first, the Julia Child biographical series Julia, which we talked about oh, on that's this just very a program. A
0: show. I'll say Have you it been again. keeping
1: up with it? I want to talk about I want to talk about a recent episode. Oh, I'm I'm
0: I've, I'm about five or six
1: deep, so I don't. Know all know right, I'm you, might fully up. you might have seen this. You uh, might have seen this. So there was an episode where Julia and her team go to a PBS benefit gala in New York. It's like I, uh, no, I haven't seen this one. Okay, I'm yeah. going to spoil one thing from the okay. show. I promise I won't ruin the whole episode. No, so problem. they go to this. They go to this big event that brings together PBS employees and personalities from all over the country, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Julia is the keynote speaker because the French chef has become such a popular a show phenomenon. that they're, they're syndicating all over. So uh, she gets a dressing down from Betty Friedan, the, the noted feminist. Like, oh. why are you making this show that's telling women they have to spend their whole lives in the kitchens serving men, making these elaborate recipes? You're setting women back, all of that stuff. So Julia's feeling low. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the episode, a guy comes over and sits next to her and gives her some words of encouragement that leave her feeling better. And it's it's Fred Rogers. And it's a very Aww. fun, it's a fun idea. Like, I get why you'd come up with that. They did know each other. It's totally possible they would have both been at this event. I'm not saying it's a, it's, it's uh the guy they have playing Fred Rogers and the way that they have scripted and written him. It's like there's something wrong with him. Like, I know we have this idea. He's like, well, well, hello, Julia. I sure did enjoy your speech. Food is a little bit like taking a trip. I agree with you. I sure do like your program a lot. And it's like, uh, oh, listen, I... I it, this weird <laughs> fantasy that we have of, like, Fred Rogers was really this guy. And I'm not saying he was a bad guy. But the idea that the Mr. Rogers from that show was the real Mr. Rogers yeah, walking like around. Yeah, he always talked
0: in these low, genteel tones. Yeah,
1: and, like, he would talk to a person he just met at an adult mixer mm-hmm. like a child. Like, you would be like... Hello, Julia Child. My name is Fred Rogers. I do a children's show. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of your work. You know, like that's how you—you you not you'd be like, "Well, yeah. hello." You know, like it's—he's talking to her like she's Daniel Tiger, and it's like this is fucking weird, man. Yeah, he wouldn't do it as presentationally. Yeah, as it's, he so, does it's such this a weird show
0: where he's doing a character, a, a um, a larger than life right. version of himself for kids primarily. Yeah,
1: and and it's it's just it's such a weird thing that we want that to be real like we've we've created this image of him in our heads and we're just like no like that's mr rogers and he was really like that and it's like gr- fucking grow up like jesus christ people <laughs> like no it wasn't i'm sure it wasn't yeah and you know we
0: also there was like quite uh quite a obviously a uh, a mr rogers renaissance with the um uh, with the uh Uh, with the documentary. I mean, it's
1: pandering just to begin with, you know. (laughs) Uh, I'm willing to give it to them. It's a little pandering in general, but, like, the way that they did it just, it feels so inauthentic. It just feels so much like, oh, like, TV's Mr. Rogers is cameoing in this episode, not the real guy Fred Rogers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he wasn't a human being. It would be, yeah, like... Imagine a different TV character,
1: and it's it's like it's more meaningful if he was a real guy and he created this character to comfort children, mm-hmm. rather than he was just like this weird simpleton who it's like we sort of found his way to PBS, which is I feel like how it you know it's like like he's a big kid or something. like it, like he's not Pee Wee Herman, he was a real guy.
0: Yeah. Well, P, uh, yeah. I,
1: I, exactly. You he's, were gonna say Pee-wee Herman's a real guy, how? But he's not. That's a man named Paul Rubens. <laughs> 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 and you were like, Pee-wee Herman's a real guy too. Like, no, no.
0: For a second, I misheard you, and I thought you said Pee-wee Herman's a real guy. And and then, but then I my mind properly processed what you said. Uh, yeah, no, that make that makes
1: right. sense. Right. It would be like if you met Paul Rubens, and you were like, wait, why does his suit fit, and he's not uh, screaming when I say the word of the day. Exactly. Exactly. Where is his talking chair, Cherry? Uh Cherry. And then uh, the last, the, la- the other, the other show that they renewed. I said two. I only gave you one. Mm-hmm. Game Theory with Bamani Jones. Now this, it's a late night, sort of vaguely sports themed chat series. Right. The the thing that sort of stands out about this is there have been a lot of online rumors that the show's not doing well. Like we know that in the TV ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh. Bamani Jones has sort of struggled to find an audience his lead in is last week tonight with John Oliver which does pretty well for HBO he does not seem to have the TV audience but maybe HBO Max is seeing something that we don't see or they just feel like he needs more time to find his groove yeah maybe they
0: found their footing a little bit later
1: yeah, I mean, the other thing to bear in mind is those shows are cheaper than most because it's, uh, you know, you have some writers and some yep. producers, a couple chairs, you're in a Just studio. In a, yeah, in a
0: studio, you're not going out on locate crazy location well, shoots.
1: Yeah, I mean, he and, does. I think he does yeah. maybe some remote pieces and there's sketches and stuff, but he's not, it's not like making Julia where you have to like. Travel and sets and oh, large yes. ensembles of actors and the whatever. food budget alone. And even Julie is probably not that expensive. Those uh-huh. HBO Max shows are not as expensive as the regular HBO shows. Oh sure, you could tell because uh, there was a lot, a lot of "Our Flag Means Death." They they didn't leave that one part of the boat. Oh yeah, it's no
0: <laughs> battle of the bastards on <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones.
1: A lot. Of, I liked our like we said, but a lot of it was like, what do you say we lean here against this one part of the railing and have an entire scene, Captain?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, cu- cutting a, cutting a few corners.
1: Yeah. Uh that's that's it, Hal. That's our that's our news. And at only an
0: hour. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we were just a little too jocular having maybe uh a little too much fun. Uh coming up, we're gonna talk about uh the season finale of Ozark, the series finale.
1: Yeah, how dare you? The yeah. whole thing is over. Ozark oh, ended.
0: So long, Ozark. The out of Ron Hal. It's time to say so long to Ozark. Oh,
1: we got to leave the Lake of the Ozarks forever. No oh. one will ever go
0: there again. How far is Ozark, the Ozarks from Chicago? It seems like they were zipping back and forth like, you it's know. It's pretty far. Yeah, I, it, it seems
1: like in my mind's eye. I mean, it's not, I guess it's not that far. Lake of the Ozarks to Chicago. It's It's not, it's probably, I bet it's, it's not more than like four hours.
0: I'm going to look it up. I'm going to Google map this. Okay. Uh,
1: it, uh, you can't be that far because it's only Missouri.
0: Okay. I'm going to do like- oh, seven
1: this is about seven hours and 18 minutes
0: a seven from Chicago
1: drive. to the Lake of the Ozarks uh, by, by car,
0: by car. Uh, all right. So it it's, it's a road trip. It's a road trip. You could trip fly. You're sure. not that
1: far from- They're not that far from St. Louis. So you yes. could
0: fly from St. Louis to Chicago. They were zipping back and forth uh, like nobody's business. Well, on that they got show.
1: business to handle, you know? That's where Shaw that's where Shaw Medical is.
0: Yep. Netflix's Ozark, Laura Linney, Jason Bateman, and the rest. How dare of the you? Julia less...
1: Garner is like it's oh, basically ju- her show. Oh yeah, how
0: Julia Garner, sorry. sorry. How, no, how you're, right, you're right, you're right.
1: And then the, the rest
0: of the less famous actors that are on that show. Uh it's coming to a close. It has come to a close. The final episodes have dropped the last half of season four. And you know what? I, I got I just want to we, we've talked a little bit about Ozark on this program before. I, I just want to say I've really uh, Ozark is one of these one of the few shows that I, I really didn't like when it first hit. Streaming because I thought they were rushing to fill in a very heavy-handed way the void in TV left by Breaking Bad. And I felt like, oh, this just feels like Breaking Bad light. Uh, just not as well done, a little too much going on. But I've really come to enjoy the show. I thought it found its footing. The, subs- I, the first season I didn't feel was... It, it's i feel like the first season is not as good as the subsequent 2 3 and now f- uh 4 4a four and 4b released in two halves uh seasons and i found this sh- this show you know i really came to like this show a lot and um i thought solid payoff in this show there were some heavy-handed notes that we can talk about a little bit but you know uh i uh, i i think it really found its footing and uh there's a lot that i liked about Ozark and uh uh as a, as I uh give a uh an epitaph to this show.
1: <laughs> you're, you're the late the late great Ozark. Uh yeah, I thought I thought it was a really good ending. I liked how uh it 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 didn't try to do what so many of these sort of shows do, which is to give it this sort of that like the show knows that it's ending. You know like Breaking Bad's a good example of like mm-hmm. it's it's the end of this entire saga you know like he's he's dead and Jesse gets away and everybody moves on with their lives and it's like there's this final note it, it it's done and um I think breaking bad or, or excuse I think Ozark had more of a sense of these situations never really end there's once you're in this kind of a life and once you're in this sort of a spiral you don't necessarily come out of it or even if you do you don't know the moment when you actually came out of it it doesn't have a moment it's almost like the pandemic you know, like during the pandemic we had this fantasy of there was going to be like a day where the pandemic ends. Right. And then we would all have like a wild weekend of debauchery where we're celebrating <laughs> like it's the 1920s and we can go back outside our homes again. And it didn't happen. We're all just like kind of now in this in between like, is it over? You can still get sick, but I hate masks. And you know, like it's just like, and I feel like Ozark had that too where it's like, <laughs> you don't know are we in danger? Are we out of danger? Is the bad situation over or is it all ongoing? And they're just like the rest of their lives are just going to be in this gray area where they're always kind of looking over their shoulder and never totally sure. Like it's maybe not as dangerous as it was, but it's never really over either. And I feel like the whole final season really captured that mood very well that like, There is no final get out, go back to Chicago, live the rest of your lives, escape. That was always kind of a delusion.
0: Yeah, uh, and there's this, uh, you know, there's like this sort of Damocles hanging over them. But then you also have this, uh, this contrast of like, oh, bad people can... Eek by. Life isn't fair. So it's they're always going, yeah, like Lon was saying, there's always going to be the shadow of danger, the threat of immediate annihilation, like lurking around the corner, but they're very slippery. Meanwhile, everyone who's close to uh, Marty and Wendy Bird, uh, it, you know, you do business with them, you're asking for trouble. But Marty and Wendy Bird... It, they're not even the smartest guys in the room half the time. Like this dumb. Oh, well, they are.
1: They are. I mean, they no, are. Marty's very smart. Marty's, Marty's
0: very, very, smart. very smart, and and Wendy is very Wendy's just cunning. ruthless. She's very the most ruthless, ruthless. ruthless, and yeah, I guess it's that combination. I mean,
1: I think that's what the show is really arguing is that those are the two things that are really required for their businesses. Yeah, to to be to be fiendishly clever and to be willing to do anything. I think. This sort of takes it back. My one big knock, and I like Ozark a lot, and I enjoyed the finale. This isn't a huge issue, but um, I feel like for a show that was so smart about so many aspects of crime on the American side, but once you would get to the drug cartel itself, it was just like kind of the same note. Like, we never really got a sense for the complexities of how the Navarro cartel worked. It was always just like, well, they're terrifying. Like they're a bunch of a bunch of Mexican guys and they are all willing to murder me and they've got like a dungeon in their house yeah, and like it, danger, if, uh, danger. And, and as a counterpoint to
0: that lawn, if I could just say, uh I, I think a show that does it a lot better still has like, you know, terrifying dudes from South of the Border, but um Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad gave you more of an overview.
1: And and just gave you more of the well there's conflict within them too and there's there's you know this is there's business being done here and there's these deals being made and these people want this and it, it was it was sort of very simplistic like the cartel is just like everybody wants to kill the guy in charge and take over the cartel and like I'm sure that happens I'm not saying that doesn't happen but like I don't the, the, it, they put so much thought into the intricacies and the little tiny aspects and details of like money laundering but the drug business—it was really no interest. It was just like, well, we get the drugs and then I sell them. But that guy's going to try to take my business, you know? Yeah,
0: and and even uh, I, I forget uh, what's her name there—the the, uh, the old the uh, L, the older woman who was in the relationship with uh, Julia Garner's cousin, Darlene uh, Snell. Oh, Darlene Snell. Yeah, like her business—it was just kind of like, oh. It's just all—it happens. You don't have to worry about well, it.
1: No, and then the like season two was a lot about the Snells and like their how they do what they do. I don't know if like, I even the Kansas City mob. We got like a little bit of flavor of what was going on in their internecine conflicts. It just seems like it didn't have that same energy. It was—it's so easy, I think, for American shows to just have that. Like the narco cartel is just has this mythology in our world. Yeah, and in maybe America, we've just seen enough of, of like it the ultimate like, danger that yeah. like nobody is scarier, no criminals are scarier because no criminals are more ruthless or brutal yeah, than the Mexican are, drug cartel.
0: And they are essentially the like judge, jury, and executioner. Right, and so
1: the, it's so it's so easy to do shorthand of just like, well, if you do this, the cartel will get you, and you know what happens. If, like even they do it in Ozark. Marty will be like, and I don't got to tell you what happens if uh. The Navarro cartel doesn't like it because you're in business with them. So I'm just the messenger, you know? And like, And it's so easy to fall back on that. I feel like it would have been nice if we're going to spend so much time with Omar Navarro and his family and these conflicts. They felt very simplistic to me. Uh, Agreed. Um, I I just want to say that Laura
0: Linney's performance in the last half of this season is particularly excellent. She hits this note of unhinged which is just fun to watch and unpredictable. Like it's it's really excellent. I also
1: thought uh, Richard Thomas. Richard who, Thomas uh, is
0: very good.
1: He came in uh, very good in these last few episodes. Uh, not not an easy thing too because he's got a. He sort of comes in in one mode where he's like the the concerned grandpa, uh, grandfather, a but then like halfway man. through, when he starts to fall off the wagon, and it's very the transformation's very convincing. Yeah, of uh, to like alcoholic wreck by the end of the season. Really liked him. So great uh, great work from John Boy. Uh, yes, uh, John, uh, Boy Walton. John Boy Walton's John
0: Boy, Richard Thomas, uh, also O's, from that
1: classic It mini series. Yes,
0: and uh he had a nice uh, little run on the American as well. True. Uh,
1: That's also true. He was, the, he was uh, the boss down at the FBI.
0: Yes, sir. Ozark, the final episodes are up on Netflix. Also on Netflix, uh, the Amy Poehler produced Natasha Leone also produced show Russian Doll is back. She
1: actually was showrunner on season two, Natasha Lyonne.
0: Oh, wow. And I noticed she directed some episodes as she well. She
1: directed about, she was the real creative driving force uh, behind season two. Leslie Hedlund was the, the sort of season one driving force. Mm-hmm. And then Natasha Leon kind of stepped in for season two. Uh, I did not like season two as much. I'm just Same gonna here. I have a love-hate in.
0: relationship with season two, Lon. The,
1: the main thing
0: is, you know, if I was just watching season two in a bubble, I'd be like, okay, well, first off, how do I get out of this bubble? But secondly, uh, the season two... Of Russian Doll The math of it The rules of the world Are like vastly different than season one And I'm like Wait, how do these pieces fit together? Oh, they don't
1: Yeah, no, it's it's, it's really just like A different kind of riff on Like she gets stuck in a completely different kind of space-time conundrum. Yes. And it's it's really just kind of a spin-off of the similar concept. Yeah, it's, it's kind like... It's oh, not really directly connected. Yeah, we can just do whatever we want. And... I don't care and, about that. I mean, that's fine. That's creative. I'm like, you can't do whatever you want. Oh, I don't a, care about canon or whatever. I just... It was like... Uh, I'm a purist. It just felt like season one felt very, like, tight. Like, it yes. was... We had this premise and it's a way of exploring this idea and it felt very like complete and it's 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 absurd and it's like it's got its own rules of space time and physics or whatever, but it felt like a coherent Thing, like a beginning to end yes. journey like that the character was on. The, em- like one, the, the
0: emotional rigors and what happened to it. It's yeah. like, oh and, shit, and this, this feels, is happening to me.
1: How do I get out of it? Whereas and this feels, one, yeah. It's a lot of ideas, but it's all kind of all over the place. There's like a train that takes you around through time, but she's also jumping into the bodies of, of ancestors. And it's yes. never even really made clear, like, when she's in control, like, is she really in control of what her ancestor is doing? Or is she just the perception that she's in control? That's and a really, good she's just along for the ride. I wanted it to make that more clear. Because the show makes it seem like she's driving. But then later, it makes it clear that she's also incapable of changing history, really. I will say, if there was, you know... So much of it
0: is forgiven, like the issues I have with like, oh, this story, like, what's the point of it? Like, how is like, how does this connect to the first season? It doesn't like all these questions. So much is forgiven because Natasha Leone is so funny and watchable. Like she is just great at like just going around smoking and riffing, smoking and riffing. And she's like a Catskills comedian in like her daily conversation. And if you like that that speed, if you like the vibe that Natasha Leone gives, it is on like full effect here. And I think it's often very funny and that just drives the
1: show. She's got that Ryan Johnson show Poker Face coming up on Peacock, have you heard uh-huh. about this? Where it's basically a detective show, but instead of a detective, it's just like Natasha Leone playing herself where yeah. she's just like gonna bumble into a mystery every week and then have to solve it. I feel like that's almost a better fit for what she does than this on some level. Like sure. her going through and solving a mystery while being snarky and smoking is almost like, I like that better. This, it feels like, at times it just feels, it feels very at odds with what's going on in the show. Her attitude, it's funny, she's funny, but it feels like, the show even should be taking this more seriously. Like it's the, bit, yeah. I don't know. I I, I felt I felt like it, it felt tighter in season one, and this felt like it a did. whole lot of ideas kind of jumbled around and not not as clean. But yeah, I, there were moments like, I liked.
0: You have Chloe Sevigny in there playing her mother in the 1980s, and it's like I don't know. She just felt so underused. Like, well, she's ba-
1: I mean, Chloe Sevigny. She's there because she's the mom, but we're seeing yeah, we're Natasha seeing Natasha Leon.
0: Leon, so we really like, don't see
1: her very much
0: exactly. But it's like, I I just feel like you have she someone, was in more of
1: season one actually in a weird way
0: yeah you and you you have someone that's so good I'm like use her a little bit uh
1: I don't know I was and I did it, like seeing Annie Murphy from uh, Schitt's Creek show yeah up. she did it she does a nice job
0: yeah. It, so it, it's, you know, it, it's got and some laughs. did you catch which yeah.
1: celebrity is cameoing as the voice of the six train? Oh, no. A very famous New Yorker is providing the voice of the subway train, you know, all the announcements. Fran Leibovitz? Leo- <laughs> no, that's a great guess. It's Rosie O'Donnell. But Fran Lebowitz oh, was a great guess.
0: <laughs> very nice, very nice. Oh, and also, you know what? Um, I was happy to see... Uh, Charlto Charl- Charl-tel Copley. Charl-tel ah, Copley. yes, the
1: great, great South African actor. Charl-tel yeah, Copley. I
0: really love him in District Nine, and he was like, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I enjoy that guy.
1: He plays a a kind of character that I feel like no American actor plays. Like, like who would be the who if you were going to cast a U.S. actor as this guy in this show? Who would you cast? Oh yeah, kind of just it's like. like you kind of have to get a South African guy to play that character. Yeah, just
0: a little bit of a louse, but also athletic.
1: Right. Uh, it, it, it's exactly you've you've nailed it. It's 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 both like a bum, but like a sexy bum. Yes. Like sexy there's something bum. alluring like, about him, but he's also disgusting. Almost like I could see John Hamm maybe playing that. But he's too, too good-looking. He's too, too handsome. conventionally handsome.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't
1: know. It's a fascinating thing. But I feel like he's really dialed into, like, there's a kind of persona that, you like, only a non-American can play. And he, he gets those roles. I feel
0: that. I feel that. He's really good. Yeah, Natasha Leone is doing good stuff. The show's a little bit uneven. Russian Doll Season 2 is up on Netflix now. Boom. And then finally— we have a true crime adaptation. It's a drama series adapted from a uh, real a real life true crime novel under the banner of Heaven on Hulu.
1: Yeah, uh, John John Krakauer did Into the Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like it's a bunch of those kinds of uh, sort of nonfiction, but written in a very writerly, almost like a novel form. And this is one of those. Uh, I read this book that that this show is based on. Oh, it's well, kind of a well
0: read. Well, right?
1: It's kind of it is a true crime story. It is about this murder in Utah in the nineteen eighties. I think nineteen eighty four, where this woman and her child were killed, uh, and then and, and in a prominent Utah Mormon family like a yes. well-known family in the LDC day or LDS, LDS,
0: Latter-day, LDS Saints, Latter-day Saints. Yes.
1: yes. Uh, and so the book, it's about this murder and then uses the case to kind of look into aspects of Mormon history. And really it's all kind of looking into this question of why the Mormon church in particular has all of these fundamentalist offshoots. You know, we're always hearing about this sect, this Mormon mm-hmm. sect went off and, They did this or the Warren Jeffs and all those kinds of stories. And it's sort of looking into like, what is it about Mormonism and the unique history of how Mormonism developed that sort of makes it prone to this kind of fundamentalism?
0: Is most of it just excuses to marry a bunch of ladies?
1: I mean, these are all of the questions that but interestingly, the book doesn't really have like main characters. Those got there's two detectives who are are, like Andrew Garfield plays one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, And then he's got a first nations partner in the show. They're invented. Those are not real characters. So uh, Dustin Lance Black, the, the screenwriter of milk, he created the show and wrote the scripts. He sort of invented these two guys to like pull us through the show. The book is a lot more, just about the investigation which was a bunch of different cops and detectives and then uh like the show the book also does those like jumps back and shows you aspects of the Joseph Smith story or you know mm-hmm. Brigham Young or like all these moments from Mormon history I really like the way it jumps back and
0: forth and like you it, it because it could be done in a very jarring way but I, I thought it, it does a nice job with that I enjoyed that aspect of the show I've only seen the first episode I think you've watched uh, the two that are up now
1: yeah I've seen two so far but I also I mean I also know the story because I
0: really, I really like it I'm 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 I was fully in first because it's got a couple of things that have appealed to me first the cultish nature of this hidden world of the uh, LDS. Uh, church it's it's it, that's a fascinating rich vein to explore and then it's the cast is great I loved Andrew Garfield as Andrew Garfield um, his cop is also uh, a member of the LDS church and like just squeaky clean like white bread Andrew Garfield he is really great in this role and I I also it's got a good cast throughout, like the brothers are populated. Uh the brothers in this Mormon family, uh Sam Worthington, uh Wyatt Russell, you got a Culkin in there. <laughs> uh Rory can't, Culkin. can't do
1: oh yeah, can't can't make a show without a Culkin. Nowadays. Those are the rules.
0: Yeah. Um and then you had mentioned his uh, First Nations partner, Gil Birmingham, uh is the actor's name. Uh yeah it, and it's, that's uh, Daisy Edgar
1: Jones from Normal People as uh the the unfortunate victim. Yeah so it, uh, it has that nice combination of you've
0: got like a fascinating police procedural happening here, but then just the intensity of this closed off world that we have to kind of, you know, uh, l- we're getting info, we're getting information about it piecemeal and un- just unpacking what happens in this very uh, d- just mysterious world of the LDS church and what happens yeah, behind and the and
1: scenes. The, I think the, the one aspect of the adaptation I had to kind of get past is mm-hmm. it's a little bit like uh okay we're there's a lot of book there's a lot of book It's a lot of like okay you're under arrest. Get in the interrogation room. Now start at the beginning and tell us the whole story and then they're like sure. Well, it all started like there's a lot of that and I mean, inevitably, because it's a book and it's it's a, it's a nonfiction book that jumps around, you know? So it's yeah. like the author was writing about whatever he needed to tell you about in that moment, and Dustin Lance Black has to figure out a way to translate that into scripted drama, and it, it is not always the easiest fit. Uh, this was definitely not an easy adaptation to write. Like, holy shit, I would not have wanted to adapt this book. It was very personal for Dustin Lance Black. That's why he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it it feels like that sometimes there are moments I feel like that are a little clunky where you could feel like, well, now we've got to, you've got to know about this segment from Mormon history to understand the implications of this next scene. Uh, So if you could get past that, I feel like it's, it's well-made and I enjoyed a lot of it, but there is some of that to get past. I I feel like they can only do so much to hide the, the bones of it, which is a nonfiction book. Sure, and
0: but as someone who was not exposed uh, to, as a non-reader, I, uh, I I enjoyed the heck out of it. What was Lon? Real quick, what was the documentary that we watched about um, the the Mormon Church?
1: Oh, the bombing! Uh, yeah, the the bomb. I, it, yeah. uh, I
0: don't. Oh, doggone it! Are you looking at? I'll, up right
1: I'll now? look. I'll look at. Thank I'll you, thank it you. Murder among the Mormons. Murder among the Mormons. Simple enough. That was the true crime about. That was a different a different story about Mark Hoffman who forged. All those documents that yes, were supposedly from—that these were uh, texts. He claimed he had all these original Joseph Smith writings and documents, but they were forged, and then he was murdering people to try to sort of cover. It is such a fascinating
0: church because. So much has happened in like recent history
1: compared
0: to other churches, and it's just kind of mind-boggling.
1: That's a lot of what Under the Banner of Heaven is getting at too. Is that the, mm-hmm. the tantalizing like if you're a Catholic, the history of your church—it's thousands of years—which does confer onto that this kind of mystic, ancient, like oh, it stretches back to the earliest Stuff parts was different of human back history, then, yeah, right, but for Mormons, history is very much alive. It's very present. I mean, yes. there are, we're not talking about that many generations back for their founders and leaders and for all this history to have yeah. really been happening. And and it is also, I think this is another thing the show does well mm-hmm. of tying in, it's also a big part of the book, is it's so tied into American history that mm. that idea of, there's even a sequence in this, of in England, of come to America, come be a Mormon and come to America. And it's like, tied in in some ways that that idea of manifest destiny and going west and claiming this wild frontier and all the ideas about religious liberty and the puritans and 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 that that you know sort of rugged individualism and and colonizing and being a settler and i think all those ideas are all kind of mixed up together when you're looking at mormon history which is fascinating under the
0: Banner of Heaven, it's available to check out now. Uh, two episodes are up, I believe, on Hulu. Uh, I, uh, I recommend it. Probably three by the
1: time you listen to this. Maybe three.
0: Folks, those are the shows we watched. And uh, I want to say hoot hoot, Owl Nation, where my Hooligan's at.
1: I will say... Before we go, Shining Girls, Hal, let's do that for next week. I'm already an episode deep. Apple TV Plus, if you're listening to this right now and you have Apple TV Plus, we're going to watch Shining Girls.
0: Let it be written. Let it be done. Shining Girls is on the docket for next week. Uh, uh, Hoot Hoot Owl Nation, Starburns Audio, thank you for having us. Travis Reeves, uh, I tip my chapeau to you, sir. Thank you for producing. He's not
1: wearing a chapeau. He's not wearing a chapeau. Oh,
0: my God. Why, Why are you talking about what you're looking at in the computer lawn? How? Why is your chapeau burned? Oh my goodness! How to get, uh, get burned? How to get burned? Fell into the oven as I was getting mozzarella sticks. <laughs> Jason K, thank you for our theme song. Lon, tell them where they can find you. Uh,
1: mozzarella sticks are fucking delicious. True, so that, that's, a that's a given.
0: That's a given.
1: Those those store bought freezer mozzarella sticks. You're, at first you're like one. This is gonna make me feel like a dirtbag. Two, probably not that good. I gotta tell you, if you overcome number one. Number two is just wrong. They're delicious. Yes. Uh, find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S. That's the best place to, to do it. That's that's where you should go. And uh, sign up for my newsletter, inside.com slash streaming. Uh, you can find all this news before we even talk about it here on the
0: show. Oh, you can feel like an insider in the comfort yeah, of your right. own home.
1: And uh, you can follow me at
0: Hal Rudnick on Twitter and instagram also i just want a quick plug if you are in los angeles on saturday may 21st 10 p.m the tournament of nerds oh is going to be performing at the dynasty typewriter theater oh my
1: god that's a cool venue they let you in that place they did i couldn't believe it that place is cool that's i got a reputation folks if you're not from l.a that's like the cool venue where the cool comedians perform. I was I was pretty
0: pumped about that, and yeah. uh, so we're, we're it's our first live show since uh, the pandemic started. We're we're kind of back, so please come check out our show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Lana's been a part of the show before. We'll, yeah. We'd love to. Have, you know what? When we do it, you you had mentioned debating, and you already you debated on the. Uh...
1: I debated. I was a I was a Witcher. Yes, I was not the Witcher. I was a Witcher.
0: I would love to have you trod the boards sometime. My goodness. Uh, yes, yes, very exciting. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, May 21st, 10 p.m. Saturday, Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch boys, bitch boys.
1: my big Bitch boys, bitch boys.